0: What is going on, guys? Well, it is Wednesday. We are halfway through the week. Normally we'll be recording on a Saturday or further down for an episode to be aired on Sunday. But this time we have something a little bit special. We're going to have somebody that's actually... Um, God, that sounded bad. I don't mean that. We've had some really awesome guests. That's not even like that. Bad choice of words. Okay. Okay two-time AMA champion. Put Kawasaki on the map. An enduro series. Very, very famously known competitor against Danny Hamill, Larry Rossler, and those greats. Turn down the music a little bit. Big old party going on here. I'm going to see how long I can stretch this intro for. You guys guessing. I kind of hinted at it on the episode from this past week, uh, talking about uh, a hint that I dropped in there. Some may have caught on to it. I don't know that everybody uh, did or didn't, but I'm working on sending him the link so we can get him on here in just a moment. But, like I said, put Kawasaki on the map, Baja and beyond. Get that over to him. There is that link. I just gotta wait for him to join up. Let's navigate over to the website here. I'm gonna turn down the music. So I've been kind of curious about this kind of uh, event. So we're, we're gonna deviate a little bit, right? So normally we've been talking about rally raids and getting people into rally raid and getting into that. And this time around, um, we're going to go with a different type of discipline of riding, which is actually pretty cool to me. Um, I have buddies that do this type of riding. It is uh, more, what do we call that, like an enduro cross type setting. And I find it interesting because it's one of those things that, like, it's it requires a lot of work. You have to learn how to ride the bike in different situations. it's rocks, it's sand, it's pipes, it's all sorts of big things and big, you know, uh, obstacles and stuff like that. And so learning how to navigate that and actually make it happen, um, is, is crazy to me. It's, it's like a cross between trials and motocross, I think. And so we're going to be, I'm looking forward to learning a lot. Cause I think that this is, uh, one of those definite disciplines of riding that you can do, um, that you can work at, and it's a great skill set uh, to learn and have, and be able to uh, to use. I mean, even if you do ride adventure bikes, even if you ride other smaller stuff, uh, or just to, you know to the motocross bike type thing, uh, it's still worthy of having these kind of skill sets. You know, being able to wheelie bikes, jump bikes, do all of these different things and cross different obstacles. Obviously, the bike is going to be a little bit heavier, but it is one of those things that. Uh, we want to do so. Um, looks like we have him on the line now. So here we go. Ty Davis, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, what's going on, sir? How are you? Uh,
1: not too bad. Not too bad.
0: Nice. So I was just kind of doing a doing a little intro and kind of figuring this out. But um, so you've done. a. T- I mean, it's like, where do you begin? Like you're literally talking to Ty Davis right now. He <laughs> put Kawasaki on the map. <laughs> Famous racer. It's like all of this. Like the resume is pages long. So right. Well, I'm going to start with the event. There's an event or something like that you're working on, correct?
1: Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm working on the Adelanto Grand Prix. Okay, and uh, that kind of landed in my lap, um, and uh, so I've. I've won a lot of races there. Um, being that I'm a, a local, I have a lot of uh, fanfare that that goes and shows up at that race. And it's always been a fun race for the family to come out and enjoy and, and have a good time. Uh, you draw a lot of, um, not like professional racers, you 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 know, you grab a lot of, uh, you know, guys just weekend warriors that want to come out and have a good time. Usually it's, they come out and they just brag about that. Yeah. I went to one race and it was Atalanto. You know, it's like the only race they do, you know, every year or something. So, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, you know, it's grown and they had like a, it was, it was on the, on the west side of the the highway of 395 uh, for a while. Then uh, they kind of, the uh, the Vipers quit doing it. And then Daryl Courtney brought it back at the stadium on the east side of 395. So they've been doing it for about six or seven years there. Nice.
0: Nice. And so what are you going to be, I mean, are you uh, racing it, promoting it? I mean, how, how are you related with the event?
1: I'm I'm pretty much promoting it. It's like I said. I'm doing doing everything. I've come up with some classes. I've tried to make classes where everyone can ride. It's a it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, event. Friday and Saturday being dirt bikes, and then uh, on Sunday we have quads and side by sides coming out. Sidecars and ATCs are welcomed. Uh, I see that the ATCs are kind of coming back, so we we just added that class and love to have them out there. Oh. Um, We've done, uh, I've done some things a little bit different from like a, a normal Grand Prix. Uh, I've, I've added a, a pro class is kind of a, a three race, um, um, deal where it's 150% payback. Um, and I call it each race is like a moto. And then, uh, that way the guy, the the guy wants to come out and he gets one good race, but he has th- two bad ones. At least he walks away with some money. Um, I remember go Brecker doing that way back when when we did, uh, Paris Uh, GFI stuff. And it was always good because if you had one good motor, you you walked away with some money. And that was, that's the whole idea behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, They will be doing two races on Friday, one in the morning around 11 o'clock. It'll be a regular Grand Prix course. And then the second race will be, basically it's just an Enduro cross and the motocross section. So they'll probably be doing around, I'd have to say 20 laps, 18 and 20 laps. So both races, you know, spectators can come out and watch two pro races on Friday. Um, And we are doing a team race after that. And that's, uh, to help uh charlotte abbott and blaine thompson with their cancers and so half of those proceeds will go to help them and that's just a fun race at the end of the day where guys if they can't make it you know working friday morning at least in the afternoon they can ride the team race get to know the track that type of thing so that's what's going on 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 friday and then on friday night we also have the stasics and we have the peewees and they're going to be racing inside the stadium and we did a little course on the grass and and we have an enduro cross type uh, arena cross style, um, section inside the stadium and that will kind of take some of those obstacles as well. So we have, we have that going on. Um, and then on Saturday pretty much, uh, the, um, kind of the major classes and then we have the third pro race will be, uh, will be an hour and a half at the end of the day. So that, uh, and so then, you know, my, my thing is when I used to race Adelanto, it was, you know, obviously we didn't have four strokes like we do now, but we, you had to race every race. And, and if you won every race, 125, 250, open, pro, four stroke, then you were the king of Atalanto. And it was hard to win all those. And that's why it was only like Rosler, myself, um you know, in the pro race, you'd have Johnny Campbell and guys like that. But, you know, our goal was to win everything. You know, Larry was the guy that kind of started it all so then you know i was kind of in his footsteps so i gotta do it too you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that was kind of like that's how you became the king of atalanto and not just winning one race yeah so my idea was like okay for someone to be the king of Adelanto, i want three races and things are so different now so we kind of did it where there's three pro races whoever does the best and all three will be the you know the new king of atalanto so a little bit more of a challenge um more spectator you know friendly and uh so, yeah, that's kind of what we've we've done with that. We've also added uh, the Futures class, which is basically kids. And, you know, the kids, I mean, back in my day, you know, we had Eddie Hicks, Mike Healy. You know, we had these, you know, these kids coming up, and, and we had all the factory-looking bikes. DMC had all the cool trick stuff, you know, and, and I kind of want to bring that back to where the kids will get to race two races on Friday, and basically – we we'll do the top 15, top 20 for Saturday's pro race. They'll be on the at the back of the uh, pro race, so they'll get the race with the pros. You know, they'll get some to be in the limelight. We got some cool trophies for them. We got Risk Racing's done, donated a, a starting gate. We got GPR donating a top clamp and stabilizer system. So we're getting some cool trophies for them. um So that that's kind of cool too. That's something you know that no one's ever done too. So it kind of gives them some you know some more ink. So we're working you know doing that and then. uh and then Sunday, we have the, the side-by-sides and we have uh, Supreme Suspensions come along and they've donated uh, $20,000 for a purse. So we're going to have, uh, which is, you know, I think one of the, probably the biggest purses on the West Coast <laughs> for side-by-side racing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're paying $10,000 uh, for a thousand uh, naturally aspirated and uh, $10,000 for the turbo thousand. And, uh, so it's, we pay all the way back to 10th place, 300 bucks, uh, for 10th place. So, uh, we're kind of, you know, bringing it back and, and, uh, you know, guys at, you know, sixth seventh place, you know, they get to walk away with some good money. So we're looking forward to that.
0: Nice. Yeah. That, I that's, uh, like I said, now, now we're including everything, right? You've got a little, you know, both from the kids, the stakes racing, all of that mini bike stuff, and then all the way up to the side-by-sides, which I mean, it's crazy how many of those are out there now.
1: Yeah, there there's a lot of them and and uh you know when when you go to the races uh with some of the side-by-side races it's, it it depends like sometimes you see a lot of a lot of racers and sometimes you don't see so many it's it's, it's kind of weird but uh so you know we are hoping that you know we got a good turnout um we're encouraging people that you know haven't raced before you know you can come out and try it we are doing a fun race after the last uh uh turbo pro we're doing a fun team race in the side-by-sides And basically, you know, it's like a a father, son, mother, you know, husband, whatever. Just something for the people that are sitting in the stands that have a side-by-side at home that they go play around. But something for them to, like, get on the course and check it out and, you know, get that feeling, that intense feeling of, you know, that adrenaline rush that you get. And, And it's just a fun race. It's just, you know go out there and it'd be an hour and 15 minutes. And then what we're going to do is half of those proceeds. We're basically going to give everyone to get a raffle ticket and we'll raffle off the money. So the <laughs> slowest team could get the, get a good chunk of money. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just for fun and it's something to do and we give back a little bit and, you know, they might get lucky and walk away with, you know, three, 400 bucks.
0: Nice. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I mean, I think that that, it's like one of those things where just anybody can do it. So is there anything like for say that particular class, uh, if I was going to set up a UTV for that, is there anything that we're really requiring? Like, is it like window nets, five point harness? Like what's the, yeah,
1: yeah. We we want that safety. So we got to have a five point harness, uh, window nets, um, locked doors, um, a fire extinguisher. And I think that's, a, I think it's about it, you know, um, just the, your basic, you know, um, thing. And like I said, it's, I don't, that's not too expensive to get, you know, and, uh, and yeah, just come out and have a, have a good time. And it's all about it is just having fun and, you know, telling stories after the race, you know. And, and, uh, yeah, I think it'd be really cool. Ah, uh,
0: yes, the bench racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And that, and I mean, and, and that sounds pretty, I think that's really reasonable as far as setting up a UTV because I think those are all the doors, the window nets, the fire extinguisher. Those are all things that you would want in one of these things anyway, just rolling around the desert, anyhow. So, you know, shouldn't, right. right. Should be a surprise there. The okay. so Oh, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so now we've got, uh, the bike classes and I'm, and I'm on the website right now for Atalanto Grand Prix, uh, atalantogp.com for those playing the home game. Um, I'm looking at the course, you've got an enduro section, the water jumps and motocross stuff. So the pro race, does it, it all of this or is it certain sections of that?
1: The, the pro race uh, on the side-by-sides, whole, the whole course, they will be going in the stadium, but we won't be having – obviously, we got uh, Saturday night, we've got to cut out a lot of the jumps because they can't – we only get, like, a, the the baseline, first, second, third. That's all we get to use inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of tight. You know, for bikes, it's not a problem, but side-by-sides, you know, we're going to have to come up with something simple, and then, they, you know, we jump out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dirt bikes will be taken – yeah, the, the – enduro cross section and then there's a south side motocross and a north side motocross and basically that's what they're going to be doing as those those sections okay nice so pretty pretty quick lap times mm-hmm. and uh you know more of a motocross style event but then also has you know we'll have some uh we'll have the wood pit that they'd have to go through and then we'll have a couple endurocross cross obstacles um, but we're not gonna have a, a lot of them, you know, I think a lot of people like the, like the moto type stuff. So we just kind of throw a little bit of mix in there just to kind of break it up, kind of keep them you know, on their
0: toes. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of varying. So some people will excel in other sections and some will do one, So a little bit of everything for everybody. Right. That sounds like nice. And then three races. So you got to win all three if you want to be the king. And
1: so, yeah, it's, that's the whole goal, but, yeah. you know, if they if they don't win all three and they, you know, come out in a moto format, moto scoring system, you know, mm-hmm. they still going to be the king of Atlanta. But, you know, I just, like I said, I, I wanted to give back a little bit and allow those guys that, you know, maybe a motocrosser comes out and he does really well at the at Friday afternoon race, he walks away with some money, you know. And, uh, you know, if he has a good day the next day, he can walk away with some more money. You know what I mean? It just keeps people there.
0: Yeah. Keeps people motivated and, and coming out. And so that's an interesting, so you got the guys that are maybe into the motocross, the guys that are open and in, into open desert, then there's the hard enduro guys and stuff like that. So how would you set up a bike for something like this? Um,
1: basically this, the, the desert section is going to be like a grand prix, more like a SRA type grand prix, you know, it will get rough. Um, in the past we you know when when the old Atalanto you had you had to gear up it was it was a lot of roads fast roads a mile and a half long just wide open this is not that at all stock gearing works just fine um you know 45 minutes you should be able to go on a you know a stock tank um you know if you get caught where you get that extra lap well you might might <laughs> might run out I don't I don't know I can't guarantee you that you know and yeah. and then the thing is, is in the beginning, when this first started at Atlanta Stadium, I built the track for the first four years, cross section and the motocross sections, and then SoCal did the desert. And uh, so this this year, you know, it was it was well that when we did that, it was wet. You know, we had it in January, mm-hmm. so a lot of different circumstances. Now, now it's going to be drier. Um, you know, I'm, I am making the course. Uh, not as tight as in the past um, just because of the heat, you know, we could have, you know, hot temperatures. So I'm, I'm making it so it's not so, you know, not so many turns and stuff like that um, and, and making it a little bit simpler um, and and kind of just helping the guys that, you know, the, the once a year racers, you know, that's, that's kind of our, our goal.
0: Okay. Yeah. So any, I mean, just basically even the, the stock, the stock motocrosser bikes, the, the Baja bikes, the bikes that are already set up for Baja and all that stuff. I mean, this will work. Uh, you, oh, yeah. Use yep. any any one of those. Um, nice. So, yeah, this is going to be. And, and I mean, it's been around. So Adelante Grand Prix. When, when did that get started? that has been around years, right?
1: I think it's been like 38 years. I want to say I'm not. No, I don't know exactly, but I'm thinking it was right around 38 years. And uh, yeah, it's been around a long time. And, you know, a lot of different clubs have ran it. You know, I know works at one time uh, when Sean had works, they had it, you know, one year. Um, everyone's just tried to keep this event alive. And, uh, like I said, this kind of why I've, you know, it landed in my lap, um, being that I've helped out with the first four years of the stadium. And then, uh, you know, here I am and it's like, well, I you know, I want to keep it alive, keep it going. So, um, you know, we want to make it, you know, cool for everyone. And that was the whole, whole idea. And, you know, and, and I know it's kind of crazy having bikes and quads and side by side all in one weekend, but we didn't know because it wasn't a points paying event this year. We didn't know what kind of turnout we we're looking at. So that's kind of why we put it on one weekend um, just to, you know, and if we get a good turnout, then, you know, next year will probably be uh, two different weekends. And, you know, we can do a lot, a lot more uh, personalized stuff for each, each category. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Open it, open it up a little bit more like something. I think quads and UTVs would get along a lot more on their side versus uh, quads and, uh, and dirt bikes, right? I mean, I mean, right. So that makes- right so we
1: have we have quads and uh quads we're putting uh, sidecars uh we got I think we got like five sidecars uh signed up and uh <laughs> and they're always you know at, at, at the grand prix that they always race they're always like the last race they're after the pro race and I don't know about you but you know riding one of those sidecars is not fun in a you know chewed up track so I thought we'd put them in the in the beginning you know when the track is smooth so they get to enjoy you know sliding around corners and you know they're not hitting just big
0: old g out you know? <laughs> yeah, so. things that swallow them whole
1: <laughs> yeah and you know the atcs you know those crazy guys that want to race atcs it's you know it's going to be i think it's like the first or second race in the morning so yeah, yeah it'll be smooth so they don't kill themselves out there on it
0: so yeah but. yeah that was always uh i grew up riding three wheelers obviously nothing like the stuff that's out there or that they're starting to build which is absolutely crazy there i'm i've seen you know crf 450s with a swing arm on them (laughs) and a quad axle, which is nuts. So So, you
1: probably, you got one of those scars in the back of your calves too, huh?
0: (laughs) No, I was, uh, I was always the much more cautious one, but uh, my youngest brother or the next brother down. Yes, (laughs) very much. So, (laughs) but it was fun, but it was always on the sand tracks, right in the dunes, right. You had to pick, you know, because everybody was on quads and there was a couple three wheelers. So you had to pick which side the front tire was going and then you basically right. drove the thing with your legs you know just <laughs> hung on for the ride so, yeah so yeah. I, i've been kind of pumped to see that the, that they're kind of coming back and 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 doing that i mean i think i've seen one company out there i think bvc or something like that that's building conversions
1: for them yeah yep exactly and i didn't realize it was so you know so popular already i mean i've seen a couple i thought it was just some guys just Build them from their house, you know. But now they're actually racing them, so I'm like, you know what? I'll I'll throw that class in. I would love to invite them out, you know,
0: have a good time. (laughs) That's good. Old school stuff. Uh, Correct. Uh, With a lot more power, though. I think I don't know. Well, I don't know. What did they have? The 250. Yeah, 250R. The 250R, right? It's a. uh that's
1: that's imagine riding one of those with the with the current 450 engine
0: (laughs) it's kind of scary yeah it's uh, (laughs) it is a very scary proposition because that yeah i mean it's just so much power out of them now you know i mean
1: i mean when they had four strokes it was only like like 200 foot four stroke right i mean mm -hmm. they didn't really have big four strokes so now with the current 450 motors oh boy
0: Yeah, exactly. And then as high strung as they are, relatively speaking, you know, from compared to what they were, uh, what they were before, you know, we we were looking at that. uh, I've been looking at Baja bikes, right. Building some stuff for, for rally. And it's like, well, an XR 400 is cool, but you know, wait, what about maybe like a 350 EXE? They make pretty much the same power, you know, better suspension, but you know, so now, yeah, the same thing, same concept back then, what was high horsepower versus what high horsepower and, is today is different.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the weight, the weight is tremendously lighter. <laughs> I was going through it. Someone had posted something on Facebook of me racing the ATK in Baja, mm-hmm. you know, like back in, oh, man, those memories of bikes were so heavy, you know, <laughs> and now they, they feel like two strokes, you know, the four fifties feel like two strokes now, you know, it's like, it's amazing that, you know, the technology,
0: how far it's, yeah. How how far, how much lighter, how much faster? I mean, it's just like, and now everything is basically a race engine.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: You know, so tell me, you know, I know with the the Kawasaki thing, right? we were racing in the desert and all this stuff, but really, it was when you switched to the Enduro stuff, right? That's where a lot of stuff started happening and that you got Kawasaki their first title. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like a, a little short story. Um, When I switched to Cowie, you know, I, uh, I just, you know, basically a support writer and, uh, in the desert, Danny Hamill was the guy to beat. he was strong, like a moose and he was Im- impossible to beat, you know? And, And I got to my speeds up and uh, we started hanging out a lot together. And obviously Rosler, we, you know, since he was up in the high desert, we rode a lot, you know, and he was basically kind of taking me on rides and we rode together. And, but, you know, Rosler was always a guy you you never left out because you never knew when he was going to go super fast that day. And a lot of mind games, we had a lot of fun, you know, but Danny was the guy to beat. So I wanted to make money. Like I wanted to make like, you know, a signing bonus or something, you know, I was just riding off a contingency and I'm like, I had to find a niche. Mm-hmm. And to you know I was good at it and, you know I was like beating Danny was going to be a really tough obstacle you know I could finish second and I was getting closer and, and he was getting closer to me in the tighter things as he you know his forte was desert my forte was the tight stuff mm-hmm. and being that we hung out together we started getting you know I got closer to him in the desert he got closer to me you know so it, we helped each other but I just thought you know the enduro series you know I liked the enduro series it was fun it was challenging it was a mind game it was there was a lot going on it wasn't just riding you know and so yeah, it was just funny. I I uh I went up to Jose Gonzalez and I, I said, "Hey, he was the race team manager, off-road guy at the time and said, "I want to do the Enduro series." And he just said, uh, there's no way." He goes, "The team Suzuki, they got it wired, you know. They're always going to win. They dominate that for I don't know how many years." And I go, "Well, I'd like to try it." And and he, <laughs> he was like <laughs> he did not want to send me to the Enduro series, so I I made him a deal. And I said, oh, "Well, most of the the first three races were on the West Coast." I said, if I can, you know, at the first three races, if I'm in the top three, will you send me to the next one? And that would be in Georgia. And then pretty much they were all back east. And uh, he kind of hem hot around, and he said, can't uh, got back to me. He said, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that. I was like, all right, perfect. And uh, I won the first three events. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, here we go. And, you know, so it was its it kind of cool because they told me I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? It was like, you can't do that. There's just no way. You're not going to beat Randy Hawkins and, you know, Steve Hatch and these guys, you know. And I'm like, well, we'll see, you know. I said they can't totally cheat. You know, they can bend the rules. But if I just flat out beat them, they can't do anything about it, And you know. so And plus the first three races are in my backyard, you know, Arizona and, and, uh, and then Kalinga and stuff. So. Yeah, I won the first three. They sent me back east and it was, it was hell on me. I mean, it was so hard to learn how to ride that stuff and the, and the bushes, you know, the trees hitting you in the face and then the, the hand guards, you know, hitting trees with your hands and just not used to it. And it was tough. It was tough. And, uh, but I was able to do it. And I was able to pull off a you know, and first, it like first Enduro championship. So. It was, it was, it was really cool because I think it was at Turkey, Texas, the last round, you know, Mark Johnson was so excited. He, he had a guy that drove my bike that night, drove all night to get to the Kawasaki dealer show to put it up on display. And it was really cool. You know, it was, it was cool. And so that was able, that, and that enabled my foot in the door to, you know, get paid a little salary. <laughs> so that was, That's, it worked, you know? So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, should have won it the, the following year. Um, we had a little discrepancy at one of the races with some switching bikes on the other team and then AMA kind of looked the other way. And so I ended up in the championship, but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was good. You know, I enjoy, I enjoyed the enduro series, you know, I enjoyed, you know, like, you know, it's just timekeeping, you know, poss- learning possibles. It was totally different type of racing. It's kind of like, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a rally stuff, you know, it's, it's similar to that. So.
0: You got different, different areas, different times, checkpoints, things like that. No. Was that how it, yeah. Yeah. Cause it like it's, I in, in the intro, I was kind of talking about that. So it's like learning to ride a bike, a bigger bike and getting around obstacles, getting through obstacles and stuff like that. Sometimes on the bigger bikes, the only, it's not like you're going to like, Oh, let me just get off and I'm just going to hoof it over this. No, it's like, you have to ride it through some of these things, depending how adventurous you get. And I feel like this in the enduro stuff, trains you very well for that like bike balance and, and negotiating the bike through things that are not necessarily meant to be ridden through, you know, where right. you would avoid them on a trail. I mean, is that, I th-
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, all the stuff that, that I did and when I went to off-road, I really enjoyed the training because it was basically trail riding. We went out trail riding and trained and, and you tried, you know, you kind of try to outdo each other on cliff climbs and, and, gnarly stuff and, you know, and I never really... I really never thought off road was that hard, to be honest with you. So, but then I went to the first GNCC, and I'm laying there throwing up, and for two hours after the race, and you know Rosler's just like, "Hey, we, you know, you're gonna be done. We're we gonna be good to go home. We, you know, I'm getting hungry, and I'm just, I'm just laying there throwing up, going, oh, my gosh,' you know. And and then I think that first year we went to the Alligator Enduro, and it was they had got tons of rain, and basically you rode under water the whole day. It was like. Everything was black. I like, and then you have metal roots underneath you're hitting bouncing off. And I'm like, you, you guys call this fun? Like, really? This is horrible. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was a big learning experience for sure. You just, you know, you just don't go back there and kick butt like, you know, you know, I think Guy Cooper kinda of found that out too. It's it's the diff, completely different riding um, style and everything. So and that's probably why you don't see a lot of East Coast guys come out west and, and kick butt, you know. I think hmm. Rodney Smith and I and Roz are pretty much the main main guys that would go back east and had the chance to win, you know. Gotcha. Um but but East Coast guys, um there wasn't a whole lot. They didn't. Nobody likes the speed. Nobody likes the speed of the West Coast, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it because if you live back east, I don't think you ever get out of third gear. You know, it's just it's always tight trees, you know. So, um, yeah, so it's it's just different.
0: Yeah, just a different mindset. And, and being just watching it, right, watching the videos and stuff like that and watching these guys negotiate trees or watching you guys negotiate trees is absolutely insane. Well, how do you even see the line? and keep the bike in there. And, you know, because literally it's like one tree, that's it. One tree, a little bit too far in on the bars and you have no choice. You're going down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, (laughs) I've had my fair share of hitting them and crashing. And then I didn't even realize what I hit, you know, those tree roots that are under the ground, you know, you hit them and next thing you know, you're on the ground. Yeah. And as a technique going through trees, you know, leaning the bike a certain time, you know, and, and, you know, and, and leaning over to go through trees and, you know, instead of being straight up and there's, you know, the lines was the hardest thing for me. Like you get in the mud and there's all these mud ruts and you're trying to pick out the one that's the least deepest, you know, and you have to, you have milliseconds to think you come up on it and you can't just sit there and go, okay, look around. You just got to like, uh, uh, go, you know? Yeah. And that was probably the hardest, hardest, you know, part for me. And uh, so, but yeah, it's, it, it teaches you a lot, you know, and, and, you know, in six days going to six days is you know, another completely different realm of racing, you know, and, And, uh, we've gotten really good at it last few years because I think because of the sprint series, sprint enduro series and stuff like that has really trained guys to do that. I mean, when we did it, Scott Summers and and Hawkins and, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have tracks to go practice on, Mm -hmm. you know, we just, we just showed up at six days and here we go. And we relied on our moto skills, but you know, on a grass track, it's, it's a different riding style. And these guys would look like they're going so slow and they would just kill us in times, you know, and it That's a whole nother thing to learn, you know, and, uh, and Caselli did it, did it right. He went over there and he did some, you know, uh, some enduros over there. He learned the technique and he mastered it and he did really well, you know, and, and like I said, I think when Auntie, you know, uh, really pushed in the riders to, to do the sprint enduro series, I think that's really helped us, you know, a lot. And, you know, that's why we're doing so good right now.
0: Yeah, getting getting prepared, getting that technique down, and I mean, it doesn't like in all the writing that I've seen. I mean, and especially like I've, I've seen a lot more of the, the the rally stuff. It's like it's the little things. It's stuff that you could quickly overlook, that that gets you there. I think. Right. I mean, that's a that's so to me, and I, I and I still don't. it's, like I watched the um, the ISD stuff. I've seen some, seen some of it, but I've seen like uh, what is it, the oh. I'm literally picturing the side of this mountain, and it's the Red Bull event that they do, and I can't believe I can't remember the name of it right now. Um,
1: oh, the one Erzberg, the, Erzberg, Erzberg Rodeo.
0: Yeah. Yes. That to me is like I look at him. Well, how do they even design this track? Do they just sit there and look at the side of the mountain going, and yeah, they'll make it? You know, it's <laughs> like <laughs> we're gonna set him up this hill, but how? Okay, I'm gonna walk in tomorrow, and I'm gonna buy. A, a kx or a CR, something you know decent to to be able to get into this what do i need to be putting on the bike what do i need to be training like working on what kind of skills is there any tips you could give me for that
1: yeah what you'd probably buy for the bike is you know you'd probably like your radiator guards for sure because that's not <laughs> the most expensive thing on the bike yeah. you know some rally guards to help you know keep your uh, levers from snapping off and and uh and basically it's it, it's a lot of trials technique. Like, uh, you know, we had an enduro cross track at my house here and, Patty and, and, and Brownie and all these guys would come and practice and you just watch their techniques, you know, and it's basically, you know, it's like it, you're using motocross and, and enduro techniques. And you, you just, you know, you just learn how to get traction. You, and, and once, you know, once you start doing one thing, then it leads to another. And then you learn this. And then, so when you're in your race, you go, oh, I remember doing this. And then oh, I remember doing, using this kind of line. And weighting the foot, the the foot peg, and and really, you know, weighting the foot pegs a lot. It, it seems like you do that a lot in trials. You know, you're always got pressure on the foot pegs, and you're always got, you know, pressure on the rear wheel at the same time to get that drive. You know, that instant drive, or you got to get up a cliff real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, those techniques, you know, you you learn that from trials. So I think taking a trials class is is really, uh, really benefit someone when they want to do something like that. And, and you know and all, a lot of it is just practice you know it's it's riding in the mud when it's raining out nobody wants to go ride it's when you got to go practice it's you know it's gonna be the worst conditions. so you might as well practice in the worst that way everything else seems to be a lot easier when yeah. Race day, you know yeah um,
0: racing so water.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i've been through so much stuff it's just it's crazy you know it's the you know, I just felt so many times like, dude, I don't want to do this no more. Just the people, these off-road guys enjoy this. You know, it's, it's a total different culture back East too. You know what I mean? Like West coast, you know, it rains or it gets really muddy. We don't want to ride, you know, but East coast. No, those guys are like, they're trained. Hey, hey let's go. This, this is going to be fun. You know, yeah. dude, I'm going to be soaking <laughs> wet, freezing cold, sliding around, hitting trees, bouncing off a tree roof. Heck no, I don't want to do this. This is not fun to me. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a totally different mindset back there.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, probably they're used to it. I, I've always wondered that on uh, on the adventure riders and stuff like that. When I worked at BMW, it was like rain. If there was even a, like a 5% chance of rain, nobody was on a motorcycle. Planes canceled, everything, nobody would ride. But then we would get people to come in, and then you start talking to them. And like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm from Oregon, or I'm from the East Coast and all that stuff. We, it rains. If if we didn't ride when it rained, we would never. So I feel like that's probably the same as like, well, Yeah, we, we have, if we want to ride, we're going to have to ride in, in the mud and in the rain and, and then you add mud and trees. God, that's gotta be horrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I (laughs) know. And you know, your goggles are constantly getting smacked. I mean, like alligator's the worst alligator. You're just constantly getting smacked in the face with branches and stuff and, uh, yeah, it was my it was my goal to win alligator because it was so damn tough. I was like, dude, I want to win this, you know. And, and Rosler had won it, so my goal was whatever Rosler won, I had to win. That was my goal, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Randy Hawkins, uh, Randy Hawkins and I were going at it, and I beat him. I beat him fair and square, and I was so stoked. And you know, I beat him by two points, and I was all happy. I'm like, oh, I did it, I did it. And I go back to my room, I you know, I'm telling everybody I won. And then I get this phone call uh, from Jeff Chambers, and he's hey, where's your scorecard? And I'm like. What do you mean my scorecard? And uh, he goes, yeah, you got to turn in your scorecard. I go, I don't know. I said it got ripped off is what happened. It was on the front number plate, the front fender, and it got ripped off. And I, you know, didn't even think of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they ended up, end up docking me, you know, two points, and that gave the win to Hawkins <laughs> <laughs> because I I lost my scorecard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're sending me through all this crap they about rips everything off the bike. And you expect this plastic scorecard to stay on the front fender. That's duct tape to the front fender. I go, what's, what, what's the deal with black backups? You know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I am like, well, why do we have backups? If you know I mean? It, it did not make no sense to me, but it was a rule. And, uh, and I lost it because, because of a stupid scorecard, you know, it fell off. So, yeah. but yeah. yeah, no, there, there's tons of tough stuff back East. And yeah, I admire those guys, you know, it's like I said, everyone, Everyone has their little niches, and, and, and I enjoyed my career because I got to do everything. I got to ride in the crap. I got to go out west. I got to go do Baja. You know, I got to travel all over and do six days, and, you know, I had a fun motocross career. Um, I did supercross. I did, you know, did a little bit of everything, and uh, you, you take a little bit from each sport, you know, and then you just kind of, you know, just kind of, when you're doing something, oh, yeah, I can do this. Oh, yeah, I did this before, and, and just make it all work
0: and it, 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 it's like it like the ultimate cross training. Yeah. Yep, yep.
1: Yeah, I know it is. It is. I right now, you know, right now I really enjoy uh dual sport and, you know, I like taking long trips and I have a, you know, I got a 501 husky, a big 4 gallon tank on it and we'll go out to Death Valley and we'll just, you know, hammer down and uh you, you know, you try to get yourself lost. You have enough gas, you know, it's, it goes 200 some miles so you just go out and adventure around and you know it's it's really cool it's a lot of fun
0: yeah and that and you know it was funny i was that was literally going to be my next question it's like okay but why where are you riding now what are you doing and then if you could jump on the bike tomorrow and ride somewhere where would you go
1: yeah i would i would go to i would go to death valley i mean obviously it's i mean it's, it's close by you know i mean there's great places in idaho that i would love to go to too i mean i love colorado we used to do the colorado 300 parts limited and it's beautiful up there. There's so much st- scenery to see, and I, I love that stuff up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at, that's what's close by is Death Valley. Mm-hmm. And I like that there's so many, like, mine shafts, and there's so much history that's still out there, that's sitting out there that you can see, you know, and it, it really brings you to reality, like, man, these guys, these guys were hardcore, you know, digging these holes here and there and, and seeing the stuff that's still out there, how they crushed the rock and how they process the, the gold. and I mean, that stuff's still sitting out there. And you know, it's really cool to see. So, and there's a lot of miles I mean, miles and miles in Death Valley to go see. And it, you know, it's kind of like Ricky Brabeck, you know, trains right. kind of on the outskirts of Death Valley. I'm sure they go through Death Valley a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jimmy Lewis's program and all that, they're kind of right around that area. And it's just, you know, kind of Nevada, just tons of miles to go see scenic stuff. You know, it's so really, really neat.
0: Just go, go ride and, and get lost. I've seen – I saw some of the stuff where uh, – I've been following the uh, backcountry discovery route stuff. And I uh-huh. know that they did the SoCal, uh, the SoCal route through part of that. And I think they hit one of those – like they hit like Titus Canyon and some of those – obviously, it's more adventure bike-minded than the skinny bike stuff. But right. yeah, it, it just seemed like there's just so much out there. And, I, and no locked gates, surprisingly, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no lock gates. And like I said, you can go in the Death Valley and ride through there. And then, then you can, you know, go all the way up to Virginia City, um, you know, and, and that whole on the West Coast, it's all mining stuff all the way up the West Coast. Like it almost basically parallels 395. You know, every town is like mining stuff from, you know, the old days. And it's really cool. You just, you know, they have mines where you, you ride in, you actually take your car in and it goes like, and you ride about two minutes back. And it's so black. I mean, it's so dark. It is so gnarly (laughs) because you just think, what if, what if my bike dies? What if I can't find the bike? You know, I mean, you can, it's so dark in there. It's really creepy, but it's fun. You know, it's fun to see stuff. And like I said, there's mine shafts and you, you know, I always think the back of your mind, you think, oh man, no one's been up here. Maybe there's some gold or maybe there's something really cool. that's worth something to see, you know? So you dig around, check stuff out, but you never find anything. It's pretty much been pilfered through, but uh (laughs) But it's always, you know, you always think, you always like, you know, try to find, find that, you know, and it kind of keeps you going, you know. Um, and there's a lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff out there to see that no one even realizes it. I mean, I, my friends here, you know, I've been Death Valley and they, they think it's like hot and miserable and, you know, no water. And, and I'm like, no. And, you know, I've taken people out there and they've, totally been blown away how cool it is and how pretty it is i mean you wouldn't think the desert would be that pretty but it's really really scenic out there you got hot springs out there you got all kinds of cool stuff to see
0: <laughs> And it's funny you're saying that i'm literally thinking god it's got to be so hot and i mean it's like i and i get the desert because you know i grew up in racing baja and stuff like that but it's like death valley no it's gonna be too hot but now now i'm curious now i really am curious like all right well what's you know what is out there and what are the roads and stuff like that you know, yeah,
1: green. I mean, obviously, you don't want to do it in July. I'll give you. So there's it. some basics. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do it some the, the other months, but you know, July and August get pretty damn warm out there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Note to self: <laughs> If you think yeah. it's going to be hot, it's going to be hot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so probably but yeah, I mean, early I- early spring.
1: Yeah. Early spring and the wintertime, October is beautiful, beautiful out there. You know, I've been, I've been in Death Valley and froze my butt off, you know, um, mm-hmm. storms come in within 45 minutes, you know, you see the clouds and, oh yeah, we're good. And next thing you know, you're just freezing and the, <laughs> you know, starts you know, hailing on you and, you know, and you're just like, everyone thinks Death Valley is so hot, but now it, it, you know, it
0: just depends on what time of
1: year you go in. uh,
0: know? good, to, good to go after a rain or, or does it get oh, pretty yeah. muddy?
1: No, no, that desert It's when it rains, it's just beautiful. You know, it's, cause it's, it's desert dirt, you know, it's not clay at all. I mean, okay. it's just, it's always good. So good. Hero, and, uh,
0: hero dirt, pick your biggest knobby yep. and hold on.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you, if you get rain out there, yeah, you definitely hit, hit the trails, you know, <laughs> it don't often rain that much, you know, <laughs> it's like certain times, but, uh, but yeah, but I mean, it's cool. Cause you can go all the way to mammoth, you know, um, and then, you know, from Mammoth, you always go up to, like I said, Virginia City, Carson City, Nevada. It's, you know, it's there's, there's trails all the way up there. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. We did a, we did a ride once with uh, Dalton Shirey and a, a couple of friends of mine. We, we went, and I thought Dalton, he was about 16 at the time. I go, he might be kind of bored because we're just riding two-track roads. Mm-hmm. And he said it was one of the best rides he's ever been on, you know. And I just went on Google Earth and just started looking at roads and kind of just – you know, go to this road, go to that road, and never even been on. It. And then we just checked it all out, and dude, it was it was so cool. Nice. Yeah, I went Bodie, and we went through Bodie, we went to the backside of Bodie, and mm-hmm. stuff that the public doesn't really see. And yeah, it's, you know all these uh, old, real old, uh, uh, um, um, tombstones and stuff like that. You know, it was it was really cool to see. So a lot, a lot out there.
0: It's crazy, and it's literally right there. Yeah, yeah, it's right. <laughs> yeah, it's like no more than miles
1: off of 395 you know and uh yeah it's just so much to see you know i'm you know i always i don't know i just i'm i'm intrigued to that so i I enjoy doing that so but um but yeah i like to go out and learn learn more of the rally stuff you know i'd be that would be fun but i'm getting older you know my eyesight's getting worse (laughs) i've noticed and i'm like hmm i don't know this racing stuff is cut out anymore for me Mm -hmm. but uh, your your mind never gets old, you know, yeah. you, you just you just think of your last race, yeah, I can do this, I can do that, and then, you know, but uh, being in shape, that kills you if you're, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to stay in shape, And you know, usually the older you get, the more work you have to do, and the less, you know, playtime you get. Yeah,
0: true, yeah, they didn't warn us about that in adulthood, Yep, and yep. there's no refund policy, unfortunately, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah. My dad still enjoys, enjoys riding. He's, he's 78 and he goes out to the big six races and, and, uh, you know, races in the, the uh, whether the Magnum class or something like that, you know, it's nice. cool. He still rides and stuff like that and keeps him, keep him young, young and heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Still getting out there. And, and there's, uh, people that don't ride motorcycles will never understand the feeling of riding a motorcycle. Right. So, so right. I could totally see where it's like, no, I'm going to ride this thing until I can literally, and then it'll be a three wheeler or ATC. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe that? it's the vibrations or something. I don't know. It just, it just, yeah, it's addicting, you know? Yeah. And, uh,
0: yeah. It, it everything just looks be- different behind a helmet. I don't like, we've I've talked, uh, previously with people. It's like, oh, about riding. And I'm like, look, even the ride home to your house that you've done for years and years and years in your car you do that on a bike and it's a whole other story. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. It just it just changes. I don't <laughs> know best, what yeah. but it changes. A whole different feeling. Yeah, exactly. And so and I just kind of want to ask so you I mean with with zip tie racing you've got I mean you're doing products you're doing stuff for all sorts of different bikes. But that's a Husky 501 in the garage. Is there yeah. a, you know, of all the bikes you decided to pick, how to, how did you come to the 501?
1: Um, it's, well, it's an older one. I had a mm-hmm. deal with Husky, um, way back when, when I was bringing up Dalton Shire. So mm-hmm. I had gotten a bike from them and, uh, and that's, you know, and I, I basically made it look like a dual sport bike. It's not really registered for dual sport, but I, I, I looked like a dual sport bike. So close enough. <laughs> <laughs> close enough. I don't get hassle. And, uh, yeah, I just started, you know, started going on. I had a, I had a, when uh, it was uh, the Italians had the six thirty, mm-hmm. I had one of those bikes, you know, and I had the Safari seven gallon tank, and you know we were at one point I was doing tours from my house to Vegas, mm-hmm. and uh, we were kind of opened up the tour company and we were doing that, and we did a few tours, but then the economy took a dive and it just was too hard to try to make any money, you know. It was it was fun, you know, and yeah, like. Bunch of guys signed up. He had like fifteen grand. You're like, oh, we're gonna make a couple grand each, you know. And by the time he got done, it was like, hmm, we broke even.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so bad <laughs> to go.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, but it, that, I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed taking people. I you mean, know, a lot of Europeans love it out. You know, especially when you go through Death Valley area, they just, oh my gosh, you know, they they're intrigued by the the, the masses. You know, the big valleys and stuff. Um, so I did that for a while, yeah. and. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I do make product. I, I'm not as aggressive as I used to be because I'm not racing. You know, my kid races, but I'm not aggressive making products. But you know, I you know, I, I can't complain. You know, we, we have the shark fins that you know protect the rear disc, and you know, we got actually KTM Husky GasGas using them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the we make some uh, carriers for the Supercross team. Um, we make drain. They buy the drink plugs from me They just buy, you know, you know, the wheel spacers they buy from me and and it's fun, you know, it's fun. Kawasaki does the same thing. They, they buy drain plugs from me and stuff for their race team. And so it's a, it's a a small, real small industry when, you know, like my dad has Terry Cable. He makes a lot of stuff for Paul feed, uh, race tech, Mm -hmm. you know, he makes a lot of spring compressors and the little tools and the, you know, just stuff like that. And then my other machinist who I introduced to Paul, he makes a lot of the shock parts and the aluminum stuff, you know, that they need made. And so it's, it's a real small industry, yeah. but it's fun though. You know, it's, it's fun. So.
0: yeah, I'm Keeping, keeping busy, keeping the sport and, and you still get to ride.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not as much as I used to, you know, just trying to, you know, pay the bills and, and all that. And, you know, my, kid's racing, so that takes that takes any extra income like that. <laughs> when, when he was on a PeeWee, it wasn't so bad, you know what I mean? But now he's riding mini bikes. He's riding 85s and 105s, and, you know, he's getting really good. And, of course, they're just – he blows through tires, you know, and then you got got, you know, mooses and, you know, it's – yeah, it, you know got to put pistons in every 25, 30 hours, you know. It's just like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah, he's, uh, he's getting, it's fun though. I, I think it's the best thing ever is when, when, you know, your kid, you know, starts like kind of mimicking you and, and, and really, he's really driven. And uh, I think it's one of the best things ever for a parent, you know, to experience is when a kid really starts hauling the mail and, and it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, and uh, you know, it's really cool. I mean, my dad last week went to the, uh, the Gene Woods uh, hot shoe hall of fame. You know, they inducted him into that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was cool that, you know, I got in the hall of fame. My dad's got in the hall of fame. So I'm like, okay, Dustin, now it's your turn. You got to do something cool. <laughs> Here's the goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. So, but, uh, it's all fun. It's all, you know, it's all fun. Oh yeah.
0: And I, you know, I imagine you, like you said, just being there, being there, watching them do, you know, discovering the things that you discovered years and years back, you know, and, and that, that fire I'm sure is, is, is awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when it, like, I've helped, like, you know, like I've helped a lot of riders. I've helped Nathan Woods. I mean, Nick Brozovich, I mean, uh, Bobby Garrison, all these guys. And I've, you know, I've helped them win championships and and win races and stuff. And, and I'm not like I'm a special teacher or anything, but I just put the whole program together. You know, I got the training program we, we work on in the suspension setups and all that stuff, you know, and I've been able to, for whatever reason, I've been able to take, someone and pretty much give them the chance to win a championship, get them right there in the top five in the hunt for, they can do it, you know? And, uh, I've done it for years for, for riders. And now it's my own son. So, you know, you just kind of give them the shortcuts, you know, with like Nathan woods when we went East coast, I mean, he was bad, really bad. You know, <laughs> he's like, hey, I laughed him. You know, he's like, he was so embarrassed. I'm like, Nathan, don't worry, man. I went through the same thing you did. You have to pay your dues, dude. I'm <laughs> just like, <laughs> I I know exactly where you're at. Hang in there, bud. You you'll get. Just stay focused. It's okay. You know, you'll learn it. You'll start picking it off. You know, yeah. and uh, I I just enjoy helping people and and watching them succeed. You know, it's it's fun to be a part of it, and you know. And kind of give them the shortcuts because there's a lot of times where people have everything and then they, they miss something on their bike or this setup was wrong or they, they didn't show up at the right gearing or, you know what I mean? There's all these little details that, you know, I was able to help Nathan and and, and, the, and Dalton and them and you're kind of like, hey, no, we need to set up this way. Hey, this track is like this. We really want the front end high, back end low, you know, so you can go faster, faster rebound on this, you know, because of the bumps. You know, I, I may be able to help to tune their bike a little bit, you know, just, mm-hmm. just a little bit, but. A little bit here, a little bit there, really gains a lot at the end, and uh, you know. So yeah, Dalton won, won, you know, won championships, and, and I still do a suspension and, and stuff like that, and yeah, even though he rides for for Husky, and uh, yeah. yeah, so it's it's really fun. I, right? you know, it's it's fun to just help some guy out and watch them succeed and, and watch them start their whole career, you know, so. Yeah.
0: And what would you say, like, I mean, in, in, in helping these guys come up and, and do all that stuff, as far as your coaching style, it sounds like you're more, you want the rider to learn the technical side of it, or it's like, okay, you focus on the health and all that stuff, and I got the bike.
1: No, I'm pretty much, you know, all around, you okay. know what I mean, it's like, I, I don't just focus on one thing, it's the whole package. You know, and and it's, it's the, you got to figure out the personality because every person has a different personality. Mm -hmm. You know, there's guys that are naturally, naturally talented. And then there's guys that have more drive than the naturally talented. (laughs) Mostly (laughs) what I found out that the mostly, the naturally talented are lazy. You know, they got all this talent and you go, man, if you would have just could have just done that, you know, trained a little bit. And then you got the guys that don't have the talent, but they're out there putting miles on their bicycle, lifting weights, you know, and it's really hard to find someone that has both, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's even possible, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, 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 you know, and, I'm, and it's always a learning experience for me, you know, cause each person needs something different. you know. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. You just, you just take that person and, and you see their pros and cons and you just, you know, you, you, you work with it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you try to make their cons pros, you know, you just try to make their bad points good and, and then, and then you know the the good points are already good because I enjoy that, you know. So, yeah, it's you know, it's 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 always learning. You're, it's never like you have. It's not like I have this program. But okay, yep, this is what you do. This is how you make a champion. Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah. does <laughs> it has ten years be, Hall of Fame. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. It it has to be driven. You have to have that heart deep inside you to want to win, and you have to be able to you know, put down that phone and, and do the training, run that extra hill that you didn't want to do, you know, do that extra moto you didn't want to do, you know, uh, stay home and go to a local motocross race that you could have gone to the river, you know, and, and hung out and, you know, got nothing accomplished. You know, you got to have that inner drive and you have that inner drive that, that makes my life way easier, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just hard to, you know, when a guy doesn't want to really put forth the effort, it's really hard to. You know, it's hard. I've had riders like that. I've heard had riders that are just all show, you know, and just in it for just what they can get out of it, you know, but they don't really want to be a champion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, you learn that as you you start working close, closer with other riders. And then, you know, when they start getting beat down, that's when you really see what they got, you know, mm-hmm. and whether or not you make that call. Like, yeah, I don't know if he's going to really have it. and I might want to pull back and not put so much effort into something that I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you've got to start showing me glimpses of, you know, success and like, okay, we'll go to the next step, you know? So, yeah.
0: That's, I mean that you, there's been uh, like across everything, there's just different talks, right? Some people like exactly like how you said, some people have the talent, some people have the drive and which in the end is better. Yeah. (laughs) I,
1: I don't, you know, I think the person that has the drive, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you can learn, you know, if you have the drive, you can learn the technique, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I'm, I was kind of that way. I mean, I, I had to, I had the drive, you know, and, and when you're like Kawasaki, I had no money. I had nothing. I mean, I had Larry Rosler, he'd, he'd have to give me a ride to Kawasaki because I had no gas money to go to Kawasaki, you know, and, and I'm like, Hey man, can I get a ride with you? You know, (laughs) he'd buy me a lunch here and there, you know, I I had no money at all. And, uh, you know, you think after winning a Supercross championship, you make all this money. Well, back then, you know, I think I got like $2,000 as my championship, you know, money. And, uh, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, you just you just got to keep plugging away, plugging away and, and, you know, keep focused on that goal. And what I've learned a lot, too, was, and I don't know why, and I, like, I'm no expert at it, but when you write down your goals, you you usually accomplish them. And, you know, and I, I remember I was so desperate to win that 125 championship that, you know, Honda used to send out a, a, a you buy a bike, you would get like this little notebook thing and you know, how to, you know, like, you know, when you go test, you go race, you'd write down what tire you ran, what tire pressure and all this stuff. And then it had uh, mental goals too. And, and what you do for training and all that. And I just went, I was like, you know what, I've been told you to write out your goals. So I just wrote out my goals. I felt stupid doing it, but I wrote out my goal. I knew my goal, but I wrote it on paper. And for some reason, I accomplished it. Like, I learned from it. It was like, wow, you know, I went out there and, and uh, you know, won, this, won, won the championship, you know. So, and I was really motivated, you know. I was motivated so much because Suzuki had dropped me. And I told I told Bob Hanna, I said, Bob, if I don't win the championship, the Supercross championship, if I can't win that, then just fire me. Wow. Like, I put all my nuts on the line. I told him straight up, to his head, dude, I get it. It's a business. And if I can't perform Mm -hmm. where I need to be, then I'm just not qualified. I'm just not good enough. I said, so, you know, and we kind of had a bad year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, look, give me one more year. And uh, he was going to give me a year. He's like, all right, Ty, I'll give you that year. And then something happened with the Honda teams that they went belly up. And so Suzuki ended up hiring all all their riders. And I hadn't had a signed deal, so I was kicked to the curb. And here I was thinking I had a deal and I didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. So then I just ended up buying, went out and bought two Hondas at a dealership. And, uh, I was, you know, I had done a lot of endurance testing with Honda, so they kind of helped me out with some parts here and there. And, uh, yeah, and that's, that was just, I was more motivated to, you know, to beat their butts. <laughs> just like, I was like, okay, you know, I was like, I, I, I couldn't do anything more. I don't know what else I would say. I, like when someone says, look, if I don't win, fire me. Yeah. I mean, I'm putting everything out there. Like I'm yeah. going to win. If I don't win, fire me. That's it. I I don't want your money bonuses. Like if I can't do it, I don't belong to have this, you know, support ride. Just get rid of me. And, uh, yeah. So, and I was just, I just I, I hammered through, you know? And like I said, I wasn't the fastest rider. I wasn't, you know, my graph was coming up at the time and him and I had good battles and he was, he, they, that guy has some good talent. You know, he was definitely a good Supercross rider and, uh, and, yeah, I knew I could feel it like, dude, you know, and I've struggled at Supercross, you know, but I just kept practicing and practicing and practicing and and, uh yeah, and so no, it's uh, you know, I just like I said, I just had the goal, I had that drive and and yeah, and did everything I did everything in my life to achieve that goal, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, oh no, I, you know, go here, no, that's not gonna help me win this race." I need to go do whatever helps me win the race, whether it's a bicycle ride, I go running, I go sprints, I go work out. I go, you know what I mean? It's whatever it was, has driven me to, you know, to win. So
0: Everything was focused around that end result that, that everything was focused around that sentence on that piece yep. of paper.
1: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So and I, was, and I don't know. I mean, and I was, I kind of carried that through the off road thing, you know, and when I went to Yamaha, it was you know same thing. It was you know I gave Yamaha their first National Hare and Hound Championship, their first National Enduro Championship. You know we went best in the desert. We've done you know but not even with Yamaha we didn't do Baja because we didn't have no program. That was that was too expensive. Yeah. But uh, but yeah you know it was uh, it was cool. You know it was you know and I never thought I could you know like that first race I, when I signed with Yamaha the first national and Hound, you know, Kawasaki was bitter at me. They, they hated me. They, they hired Destry. They hired Brian Brown and they had Esposito. They had all that whole gang to beat me. I'm just one guy on a Yamaha, you know, it was that four, 400, four stroke, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I'm, you know, I'm nervous and the thing didn't start with a damn. And, and I remember the first and Hound, you know, I couldn't get the bike started. Those guys were gone on the start and i finally got started and i just kind of i just focused you know head down and i started passing guys passing guys and i i i kind of in the back of my mind thought there's no way i can pull this off gosh dang i was so mad at myself why why couldn't this thing have started you know and by the first loop i was in the eighth place and i just kept hammering it kind of kind of got me motivated like that drilling was just rushing like ah i I might have this i might have this i you know i didn't know how far the first was but I could see the dust trails, you know, and I just kept hammering, hammering, caught up the Russ Pearson, got him, and I ended up catching Nick Pearson right at the very, very end, and he was leading, and I got right behind him, and And I'm revving the bike up, and he's nervous as hell because we're almost at the finish line, and I remember we came over this rise, and he missed a corner, and I saw his head start looking around for the ribbon, and I, I looked to the left, I caught it, and I passed him. And we went in the shoot, and there was a the finish. I mean, it was right to the very, very end. <laughs> it was, it was the best feeling ever. You know, to be able to pull something like that off. You know, those are the races you remember forever. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah it was cool, fun That's stuff.
0: Crazy, yeah. You, it's you know, you come from behind, you focused, you drove, you just it, it did what you needed to do, and then it all works out in the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Doing your homework is, you know, everyone says that, you know, oh, you can't, you can't produce your luck. Well, I kind of believe you do kind of produce some of your luck. You know, it's how much homework you get done, you know, uh, off, off the bike and, and, you know, at home usually creates your, your luck at the, you know, at the races and stuff. So, um, I'm a, I'm a believer in, in that. So,
0: yeah, and I, I it's like I'm thinking all these races, all the emotions and everything that you've, you know, you put together, you put into it and then and then just to have everything come come together like that. And yeah, so is there I mean, you know, we celebrate the successes. Is there is there a race? What would you say the, the race was that you learned the most? You know, I want to say that it was the worst race, but it's obviously when something goes south, it's it's an opportunity to learn what what race did you learn the most at or what event or what, you know, at what point?
1: Um, well, the alligator, uh, really made me, uh, dig deep, you know, um, and my first six days in Holland really taught me to, to dig deep. You know, I was, you know, my dad didn't go to the races with me or my whole career really. Um, and so apparently they're by myself. So you don't have that like that family backup support, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, then my, I went to Holland and, uh, first time over, you know, outside the country, it was just, you know, nervous and everything. And I remember I was so scared. I was on a KX 500. I remember just, I mean, I basically raced to the first pit and I did not want to be late. I can't lose any points on the transfer points, you know, and I get to the check and, and they're, and they're like, and you know, it's like, Oh, you have 10 minutes, you know, before your, you know, number comes up and you go again. Right. And they're, they're like, oh man, you're doing good. You got, you got like two minutes. And I'm like, I rode my ass off and all I got is two minutes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And, uh, but I didn't realize everybody else was late, you know? Mm-hmm. So Rodney and all those guys, they kind of rode like a normal six days. They had a trail pace. Well, I, you know, and luckily I did that, you know, but it, it really taught me to, you know what I mean? Just, you know, cause it was muddy, it was raining, we, I never rode ruts up to the handlebars ever in my life, you know. I mean, I, I'd, watch, I'd watch the guy in front of me go through it, and I'm like, that was impossible. And he just did it. Like, how did you not get stuck, you know? Yeah. And, of course, the fear of having to lift that KX500 full of mud out of that rut, you know, so I would just get back and gas it and hang on. And, you know, yeah, it, I learned a lot there. I was like, wow. And, and you know, when you, when you ride stuff like that, it really makes you a, a really good rider. You know, it really teaches you, you, you start learning techniques and, and, you know, you can tell someone else oh, do this or wait the outside peg or carry your momentum here. Well, when you're exhausted and tired and you have no more juice in you, mm-hmm. you, you know, and then you do that, you, you like your body all of a sudden becomes a natural thing. All of a sudden, you, you don't have to take yourself or anything. You just do it and you're like, yep, that's, that's what you got to do. You know, cause I'm so tired. If I fall off this bike one more time, I'm done, you know? Um, so it really teaches you a, a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, that, I said those two probably the you know mm-hmm. were, were the ones I learned the most on you know I said and, and more alligator was just more like it was just it was just a miserable day it was just horrible and uh, you know it, I don't know I just never wrote anything that where you're just constantly in the water and you know everyone's just like smiling having a good time I was like this sucks <laughs> get me back on the west coast <laughs> yeah you know so every single
0: reason to not get on the bike and kick it over
1: yeah yep. Yeah, every so.
0: last one of them. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And, but no, I had a great program, you know, I mean, it, 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 you know, like I said, it, you know, they gave me a program, but it didn't, it didn't make me a champion. I had to, you know, they gave me the tools and I had to put it together, you know? Yeah. And uh, so you just, yeah, but they, they were able to, you know, then they're notorious for bringing up champions, you know, I mean, look at everyone that's come through the team green program, yeah. you know, they, they do have a good program. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, there, there's this like, i still see it as a prestige to it you know it, it exactly what you it is like team green like pretty much every writer on that team was a, was legend yep You know and then that, that's that's crazy i mean they built like i was just uh last uh not last episode but the episode before we were talking to uh jacob Argybright. and you know he he races the kx out of the heron hounds and then he's setting up a klx for the sonora rally and it's like mm-hmm. you know he's just knows the bike, the the bike performs for him and it just, and it just works. And I see that going, yeah, it's, it's a Kawasaki. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah,
1: it's funny to to, like, you know, I've done some um, testing with like Kiefer when they get all the new bikes and everything. mm -hmm. And here it is, you know, 20 years later and and he's like, Hey Ty, you want to come out and, you know, ride these bikes. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I've never get the chance to do that. You know? So I go out and ride all the different bikes and I kid you not, it's like a Cowie's a cowie a Suzuki's a Suzuki, a Yamaha's a Yamaha. <laughs> it's like 20 years later, they still feel like this, they still have the same tendencies. It's really weird. You know, the Cali never feels like a Honda ever, you right. know, and it's like the Suzuki never feels like anything else. You know, it's like it's, they all have their traits and it's weird. They just, they, they all have them and they never really go too far from it. And even though they, they, Copy this person's this or that KTM this or that you know they're always you know trying to get other bikes and, and make them like theirs. Yeah. It's just so funny so when you, you know you ride a Cowie Cali, and Cowies are, are I like Cowies. Cowies are one of my favorite bikes. They're they're solid. They're stable. Yeah, they they might not turn the best, but but I mean that's just being picky. You know what I mean? And you know the Suzuki's turn really good. You know the KTM's turn good, and mm-hmm. you know I the Huskies turn good. I, I I know. I mean they're they're so good now. I think you could take any bike and, and do well on it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that like the Yamaha and the Kawasaki seem to be more, more, maybe more stable in the fast, fast stuff, you know, mm-hmm. what I feel. Um, and, uh, but man, they, all the powers over, I mean, you can't, how these guys that go out and put pipes on their bikes? They're, they're, you can't even ride it the way it is stock. There's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's so much power. I just, you know, all they got to throw this, seven hundred dollar pipe on it why save the money and buy you know go to practice it you know do more practicing on, on on that money versus you know
0: yeah all i heard was that- five tires that's what i heard couldn't <laughs> yeah, put that yeah. exhaust when you could have bought tires
1: yeah, yeah. tires and, and exactly and uh but yeah no it's they're all good now i mean it's yeah i don't know what to say they, they all those bikes are good so yeah.
0: It, it, what what amazes me is the, it, it, I think it's like what you're saying is like each one is different. Like I always thought it's like, okay, well, Honda seems to be the bike that you sit on and it's like, it's almost like they invited you over, set it up for you and it just feels right. Handlebars are the right height, seat height, real, handlebars to the seat, everything just feels right. But then you go to like a Yamaha and it feels like, okay, I'm sitting on top of this bike, not in it. But- Right. I, I haven't sat on a Suzuki and I haven't sat on a Cowie, but it just was interesting to me to see how the difference is between the bikes. Right. You know, but I mean, that's what works for them. I know it's bike setup. And I mean, I know that the rider counts in as part of, you know, part of that setup, how much weight is over the front tire, you know, in certain riding.
1: Positions. Yeah. Well, yeah, all the riders, are. you know, they ride differently, they different height, weights, you know, everything's different for a rider. I mean, it's, I mean, you know different uh, shoulder widths. You know, I mean, we, I know we cut we cut our bars for the kids. You know, we cut bars for them to you know to tune their bike in for them. I mean, it's kind of stupid when you when you buy these uh, kids bikes and the bars are ridiculously wide and the kids' shoulders are no more than a you know foot and a half wide. You know, and they they're grabbing a thirty inch bar really? You know, you don't know strength there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's even in a gym, but you know, you didn't do a, a, a bench, you know, you don't put your arms spread Eagle on there and, you know, start doing the bench, you know, you put your arms right in front of you. Right. It's the strongest mm-hmm. point. Why would you run bars that are, you know, 30 some inches long, wide, you know, Yeah. And little things like that, you know, but yeah, personal, you know, personal, uh, setups, you know, you know, if it's taller rider, a little bit taller bars, you know, that type of thing, Foot pegs, you know, there's always a little, you know, stuff, but, but, uh, yeah, each, each bike has their, their little, uh, signature, I guess you would call it, you know, but, uh, but they're all good. I mean, I mean, I think, I think far as durability, I think the Yamahas were, were one of the best as far as durability. I mean, you never had to check valves. I mean, Honda went through a bad time where they had valve issues and they were always tightening up and, you know, obviously they fixed that now, but, you know, back in the day as a Yamaha so you never checked valve. you ran them all year and they'd be fine, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, each 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 each, play, each company has a little, you know, their little quirk,
0: but uh, you know. Yeah, but they, were, but they work. That was uh, yep. I was talking to Gnarly Dave the other day, and he was telling me we were talking about bikes because I, you know, I've been looking at getting a skinny bike and to do some rally stuff on it. He goes, "Dude, Yamaha." So I haven't touched the valves on my on my WR. I won't say in how long, so he doesn't get flamed for it, but. <laughs> <laughs> But you, don't a, but, you don't have to. That's that's what he said. he said. I haven't touched them and they're perfect. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't argue with that, you know? So, no, so no. yeah, yeah. You, you know, Yamaha's quickly becoming the front runner. And, and yeah and I mean, it seems their bike the bike setup and and the packages that they offer for the bike like especially in the WR um thinks it's a good bike. So, uh, yeah. And maybe we'll end
1: up with yeah, a little no. garage. When I was growing up, Honda was, was the shit, you know, Honda was the bike to have. It mm-hmm. was the most durable. You could work on it with a T handle. Everything was like, you know, thought out, you know, when you took this, you know, subframe off get the shock, everything was just thought out, you know, mm-hmm. and then it seemed like Yamaha kind of took that role. You know, the Yamaha came really, really strong mm-hmm. and, and Cowie's, you know, I think Cowie came afterwards, you know, and, and, uh, but yeah, I, you know, it, it's hard to beat a Yamaha. They're, they're good bikes.
0: Yeah, it's just for the yeah again for the package right out of the box and what they are and what they're capable of. I mean, it's it's a good bike, but like you said, the race is closer. Whoever whoever sets the bar, you only just put a target on your back because the exactly. next manufacturer is going to be right after. Ooh, they did that. Okay, cool. We could do that too. You know, so
1: yeah, I I think like like Husky and KTM, as far as technology, like when you look at their motors, mm-hmm. they are ahead of everybody. They really are. I mean, they do some really cool stuff. I mean, just you know, just like their 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 XCs and their FEs and just a l I mean just the you know, putting that uh small thing inside the frame, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not sticking outside the frame and and just the little things like that, just the I mean it's like, man, you know, they really thought this out. It's really cool. Like so far as technology is concerned, they're making things better, lighter and KTM, Husky, I mean, they've done a really good job, I I believe. I think they're better than than the Japanese right now. I mean they really they make those things so light, and you know, and they think about everything, you know. Um, so the only thing I I hate about these fuel injection bikes is this wiring harness. They that sucks. It's they need to figure they need to figure something out. There's too many wires. It's too much crap that goes wrong. You know, I I just that's that you know the fuel pump's going out constantly. You know, it's. I don't know. I, I just don't like, that's like the thing. That's the, I think that's the next thing that needs to be fixed is the wiring harness. You know, it's, it needs to be simplified and, uh, somehow I don't know how they can do it, but it's just, you know what I mean? All those wire connections, you're on a dirt bike on dirt. I mean, yeah. you got all these computer wires everywhere and yeah. there's so many issues that can happen. And when one little issue happens and the bike doesn't run or it does this, or, you know what I mean? And you try to figure out, try to figure that out, you know, mm-hmm. it's impossible times. So, yeah.
0: And it's one more thing that, um, every time you're checking the bike and looking at the bike, you're checking for chafed wires, you're checking for, you know, anything that could be putting stress on the wiring loom or anything like that. And, you know, and then something as simple as like, um, you know, filters and, and the fuel injectors, you know, the one time that little piece of trash gets through and it will literally stop an injector dead in its tracks. Yep, and on a carburetor yep. bike, he'd take the airbox off, pin it, cover it, and it'll suck whatever it is <laughs> it, <laughs> it, <laughs> and blow it right back out the exhaust. We did that yep. on the Volkswagens when we were racing Volkswagens. Oh, a piece of dirt in the carb, not a problem. We'll find it right now. Watch, you Yeah,
1: yep. yeah. No, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, I had I had a Husky in here, uh, a used bike had a lot of hours on it, and I was selling it and and uh i started up you know things all brand new and then it was like now oh, it's all ready to go ready to sell the guy wanted to come buy it and i go to start up after i after i warmed it up and it went fire and i'm like what the heck you know and i replaced fuel pump injector you know everything i i you know wiring harness everything stator all that i'm like what the heck i've changed everything and uh, i ended up taking it down to husky i talked to andy jefferson i like, dude can you hook something up? Because I cannot figure this out. And it took it down there and I plugged it in and fires right up. No, I can't, I can't just be, just, you know, like my luck. Right. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you it didn't fire, you know, and they, when they unplugged it, the bike wouldn't fire. I'm like, Oh, thank God. And yeah, see, this is the problem, you know? So they started doing the same thing and, and they just so happened. It was a flywheel and the magnets on the flywheel when it got warm, it wasn't the flywheel wasn't spinning the magnets, you know, to to um, produce the electricity, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and it was the weirdest thing. And one of the KTM mechanics goes, "Yeah, we had this one instance, we had this problem with the flywheel, and that's what it was, and 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 no one could figure it out, you know. And that's the one thing I didn't change. The one thing, you know, and." Uh,
0: so I have yeah. this other bike now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, I mean, you know, the wiring harness, what a nightmare to pull those things off and swap yeah. them and, you right. know, figuring out what, what plug goes into what plug. And Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, Crazy I, things. I, you know, I like the carburetor. It's simplified. I like it. You know, I mean, everyone's, I, I, I enjoy that the crispness of a fuel injection and the, the mileage of fuel injection, but the reliability of a carburetor is wonderful. Yeah.
0: And, and they're hard to find now everything's, everything's gone yeah. in the way of fuel injection. So you know,
1: yeah, be... I do a lot of carburetor clean, cleaning and stuff. They, a lot of people send me carburetors. I put ultrasound and I pull them all apart and everything. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's still, it's, I pick a carburetor. If I was going to go to Mexico and, you know, and ride for weeks, I'd I'd like to have a carburetor. I <laughs> just, I don't want to have to carry all these filters and pumps and all this other stuff, you know, in case it goes out, you know, carburetor you pretty much fix anywhere. Exactly. You know, I know when I did the thousand on the Chris Haynes team, uh, I don't know, about six years, seven years ago, mm-hmm. um, I rode those, the, the X, you know, oh, yeah. and I never rid, ridden the Honda and it was, it was cool. I mean, great bike, great bike for down there. It was wonderful. So nice. And it was carbureted.
0: And it was still the carbureted. Yeah. That's even, uh, uh, I was talking to Colton Udall uh, some time ago about building a bike and and, you know, he told me, you know, get the platform and then I'll, you know, I'll help you with the rest of it, um, you know, doing bike builds. And he and that was what he told me. He's all, dude, you want a carbureted. These things are workhorses. They will not quit. And yep. but and for all the same reasons, he goes like it's a carburetor bike. You know, you can't go wrong with that. It just you need parts for you, whatever it is, much easier to find. You're not going to get, you know. Left out on the side of the trail because there's a nick in the wire, and now the ohms aren't correct, and so the injector doesn't know what to do, and da 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 da, you know. So
1: yeah, no, I'm trying. I, I I'm not a big, I mean, not a big fan of you know putting the two strokes, you know, fuel injection. I know that's like everybody wants that as the technology, and I guess that's the process we have to go through. Mm-hmm. And I'm just ho- hoping that they figured out all these little. You know, blemishes that we, you know, a lot of riders have, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reasons and all that, you know, I know when they test them, it's fine. But, you know, when people start, you know how it is, everyone, you know, rides different areas. This, get, this gets overlooked and causes this problem and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so. Uh,
0: there is no replacement for miles, miles on a bike. Right. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So Adelando Grand Prix, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks away now. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks away, end of May, Memorial Day weekend and uh nice. yeah, we're uh I'm, I'm just trying to get tractors lined up right now and uh we kind of I kind of got the course laid out in the desert section and I uh, just going to I just I know I'm going to have to put a lot of water down cuz it's it's dry up here right now. So uh but I, I want a dust free race. So uh mm-hmm. yeah, so I invite everybody to come out and and uh have a good time and uh you know, like I said there's uh, there's racing for everybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what it sounds like. So, so going over the classes again. So all the way from the little peewee bikes, all the way up pro bike, dirt bikes, uh, ATCs for those adventurous people. Then we got uh, UTVs and quads as well. So yeah, everybody's got a home. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yep. And I'm I'm
1: really scared because I've never put on a race. Well, I put on one race in my life Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so it, but it was like a local Grand Prix, a Christmas Grand Prix thing. And, uh, but I've never put on a race at this size, you know, being kind of in charge of everything and making sure this gets done, that gets done, you know, armbands, what color armbands are we doing? We're we going to do this. We're we going to do that. You know, who's doing this? Oh my gosh. I'm like, Oh my God. It's like so many things you forget, you know, and <laughs> just like, Oh boy. And I, and I got a good crew, you know, but still it's your first time you know and we're using we're not using a normal scoring system we're using that like something using triathlons and stuff but it's proven you know and it's great because when i go to grand prix i hate standing in line and this new system basically they have like 15 ipads out there and you sign yourself up it's all computerized you know click away and you know like you go to the airport it's kind of like okay. that you know so everyone sign themselves up and and I don't want no lines. You know, it's my pet peeve. I hate lines. So this will hopefully eliminate the lines mm-hmm. and they don't have to buy a transponder. They just, you know, just leave their, you know, their, uh, driver's license or credit card and, you know, they get it in a transponder and then we email them to, you know, remind them to bring the transponder back. <laughs> so, okay. You know, so it's, it's some cool things. You know, we, yeah. we email the results, uh, texting the results and, yeah, it's, so there's some things that, you know, that are different and new and, and I'm just, all I'm trying to do is like improve things. You know what I mean? I just want to improve it make it a little better. Mm-hmm. The things that I see that are issues that uh, some some of the organizations haven't fixed, I, I, I want to try to fix it. Now's my chance to try to make it better. Yeah. And Who knows? You know, it, it might be a big flop. You know, I, I could come out of this looking like an, a complete idiot, <laughs> but you never know until you try, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm 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 in with both feet right now and uh, going wide open. So uh, yeah. Okay.
0: So, then again, you did tell Kawasaki, "I'll win the first yeah. 3 Or all, we'll <laughs> let's give this a shot. Yeah, and, yeah, and we'll see where it lands. So yeah, I mean, I think that you know the Adelanto Grand Prix. You know, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't know it was already in its thirty thirty years or so, but you know. Sounds like uh sounds like you got a pretty good game plan. You got the classes, got the payouts, got all of that stuff handled and I think it's going to be yeah. really cool. I really do. I'm I haven't been up there, but uh sounds like I know what I'm doing at the end of the month.
1: Yeah, it would be great to have you there. I would uh, love to have you there and uh yeah, I think you'll have it'll be fun. I mean, when they go inside the stadium, everyone loves it, you know. And uh we built a cool little arena cross track for that and uh it's fun it's fun for everybody. Good laughs. You know, the wood pit always knocks people down, you know, the, the, the water jump, you know, the two big things are going to be the wood pit and then the water jump and the water jump. You know, I, I don't need a death defying water jump. That's not what I'm into. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. it's not like on your chest type of jump where, you know, I, I want it safety, but I also want people to, you know, squirrel out too. <laughs> so mm-hmm. my, my idea is, is to have a long water jump and, you know, pretty much you're coming from uh, like a story down and you're jumping up and it's just flat land, right? So you're not jumping, you're not landing on an uphill, you're landing on a flat land. Mm-hmm. And I basically want about a, you know, about a foot of water and run it out. Mm-hmm. And then most people land in the water and they'll, they'll pull the water further out. And yeah. then it gets slimy and muddy, and that's that's when you get the guys <laughs> that slide out. That's what you know. I,
0: I and then chaos you know, ensues. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. And the fans love it, and you know, mud's flinging everywhere, and people are sliding out. And I, I want, I want nice crashes. I don't want someone cartwheeling, and you just go, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. I just want, I want a safe event, and I want everyone to have a good time, and you know, a couple little tip overs and spills and stuff to talk about.
0: Par for the course. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Nice. Yep. Uh, that's gonna be awesome. That's totally gonna be awesome. So, well, cool. Well, yeah. So I'll, well, um, I'll let you go. What are we at? Ooh, eight thirty already. It's getting to dinner time. The so yeah. So what I'll do is I will get um, I'll get the links up for Uh Put the uh, the zip tie link up as well, and we'll get uh, start getting this thing out there. Get some people out to the Adelano. I appreciate uh, it. it going, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I'm awesome. looking I'm looking forward to it. It'd be cool. Okay. So excellent, sir. Dude, I really appreciate you taking the time. This no, is, no worries. Awesome. Thanks,
1: thanks for having me on there. And you know, it's great to talk about all old old stuff and you know, just all kinds of stuff, you know. Been through I've been through a lot, so okay. it's cool to talk about it all. You can say that, you
0: know. You've raced a couple times. Maybe one, <laughs> may, maybe one, a thing or two, you know, but whatever. Who's keeping track?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So, Dude, That's, that's awesome. cool. All right, Ty. Well, we'll, we'll see you in a couple of weeks in Adelano.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Awesome. I appreciate thank it.
0: Thank you. All right. All right. See you. Bye. All right. So that was none other than Ty Davis. I'm still kind of like, dude, that was tight, literally Ty Davis. So Kawasaki and everything else winner. I mean, it's, it's just awesome to hear the story. And the, and I had no idea that that's how uh, the Enduro cross thing had gone down with Cowie and them getting involved is basically him just putting on the line and be like, all right, let's see how we do after three races. And then we can talk and being able to convince them to do that and and go and then, you know, where they ended up. So that's pretty crazy. So, well, we're going to wrap up this episode and it sounds like we're going to be going to the Atlanta grand Prix here in a couple of weeks, but this week, uh, on Sunday, I'm actually going to post this episode. You guys are probably going to hear it tomorrow, Thursday, uh, on Sunday morning, we are traveling super early and on our way to the Sonora rally. Uh, so we'll be down there. Uh, I will be trying to post some updates and get uh, maybe some episodes in there. So you guys may be hearing some shorter episodes from uh, the Sonora Rally while we're there. Uh, going to try and see if we can get uh, get some time in and, and talk to uh, some of the racers. There's a couple of no-namers going now. We've got uh, Brabeck, Cornejo, uh, Howes. Um I mean, it, it, and the list goes on. I'm trying to think. Is yeah, I haven't seen the official entry list, but... I am looking forward to talking to some of these guys. I'm going to get to see them at the finish line, helping uh, Mike Johnson with rally comp and doing the timing and scoring. So absolutely pumped to do that. It is going to be a long week, but it is going to be a fun week because it is going to be in the desert of Sonora. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to get to see some places that I haven't seen down there. Uh, you know, I've heard the stories there, and then, but never actually set foot. So absolutely stoked to be part of that. Room is a complete mess right now because we have got everything laid out. And uh, if you didn't hear the last episode, we're talking about packing. And that was literally because what I was doing and still I'm doing. Uh, so if you want to take a gander, listen to that one. And then before that, we talked to Jacob Argybright about his entry into the Sonora Rally uh, and how he's preparing for that. So, And then also, if you like and subscribe, you could go all the way back and listen to some of the other episodes like Lawrence Hacking on here, Skylar House as well, uh, Alex Martins from... Uh, Conflict Motorsports, Scott Bright. We've had a lot of really, really cool guests. Uh, Chris from Moto minded. Um, let's see who we got. The guys from over from Vintage 1000. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. So get that subscribe button, download, start downloading some of the episodes. Check it out. Uh, you can always visit ChasingWayPoints.com. You will find the Apple podcast and Spotify podcast uh, link there that do update with the latest episodes. So if you want to bookmark that one. And then just keep an eye on the Facebook page for when those new episodes are released. So yeah, so there we go. That is a wrap for this week's episode. We are going to be coming live now from the Sonora Rally here in the next uh, in the next week. I shouldn't say live. There'll be some pre-recorded stuff, but we're going to be having some fun. Keep an eye on the Facebook Instagram side of things. Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and also on Facebook. That is going to be Chasing Waypoints. So we will see you guys. In a week. See ya.